Welcome everyone to the third podcast from the Head in the Game. Today we're delighted to welcome Barry Ryan in for a chat, uh, League of Ireland legend, uh, part of the Goalkeepers Union. <laughs> How are you keeping Barry? Not too bad now, all good this side, all good. Good stuff, great to hear. Um, you've had a very long and successful career, playing over 400 League of Ireland matches with clubs such as UCD, Shamrock Rovers, Dublin City, St. Pat's Galway and Limerick. At, um, I suppose we should just go back, go right back to the start um, where you grew up in your hometown of Ennis. Um, yeah. How did, how did you find, what was your childhood like? I know it's like a predominantly GAA sort of area. How did you, how did you stumble across the football? Um, I was never without a soccer ball in my hand growing up. Like I played all the sports, Gaelic, soccer, um, hurling. So it was either there was no devices back then. Yeah. So it was either a hurl in my hand or a soccer ball in my hand every day. Like I'd be out in the morning, be called for my dinner, come in covered in muck and dirt. <laughs> and same thing the next day. Like, so after school, straight away, soccer ball. It's just the way it was grew up. Sport mad. Sport mad. Yeah, sport mad. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. Like it's, you know, you see young people these days and they've their head stuck in a, in a phone or, want to be on the PlayStation or the Xbox but um, I was the same myself growing up you just wanted a ball or you, you played anything if anything was going on the street or around your area you were stuck into it that's what it was we used to use um, lampposts for goals we used to use um, two jumpers whatever yeah. we could get to use a goal it was just out playing ball and then when Wimbledon came on it was tennis it was just that kind of childhood. Whatever sport was on at the time, we went yeah. for it. Like, it was bikes and skateboards, all that. Like, it was outdoors all the time, like, which is brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant to get out and yeah. out and about and playing. It's, there's yeah. nothing better for a kid. Um, just, like, moving on then towards, like, when you were 19, you, you moved away from home and you picked up a scholarship from UCD. How, how did that sort of come about? We were playing um, the FEI final against Home Farm. The youth final down in Shannon, right. and the late doctor, the late doctor Tony O'Neill was down looking at a few home farm boys. I knew nothing about; he didn't even know I existed. I don't think. <laughs> um, and I play, I was played pretty well, and yeah. I, I then went over to a tournament with the club, the Keel Classic, it was called in England, and um, I was over there and I got a phone call from home saying that I'd been offered a scholarship to UCD. This was out of the blue; like I heard nothing before. Or after it was like. What yeah. UCD? Because me in school didn't really—I wasn't really the best school going out to be honest. Yeah, I just wanted to be out and about. So, um, I was offered the scholarship, and I got home from the tournament, and it happened pretty quick. I was up to Dublin, landed in Dublin on my own, moved into the campus, and I had to just basically start spending for myself. Yeah, and how how did you find settling in, like moving away from home, not not really knowing anyone? I knew no one. I was landed in an apartment with lads. There could there was a lad there from North Carolina. Um, there was I couldn't tell you know who else was there, but it was strange. It was really strange. Um, yeah. Spend a lot of time like in the room, and you'd be training. You get to know the lads in the team, obviously, and that helps as, yeah. as the years went on. But uh, it was it was it was hard, but I stuck at it. So and I got where I I got where I got. So. Yeah, worked out well. Yeah, you 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 had a successful time in UCD. You seen you picked up a couple of uh, player of the year for UCD. Yeah, a few self accolades arise. Um, we got to Europe as well. We went to uh, Bulgaria, 
Yeah. Which was a crazy trip altogether. Um, <laughs> the match was a Wednesday and we were all out in the tear on the Monday night in Bulgaria. Like That's the way it was. Martin Moore was manager. Yeah. There was a lads being taken home in taxis and all. Um, the hotel was a kip. <laughs> Absolute shambles of hotel like uh, there was mafia everywhere and Jesus. Um, oh, it was a crazy experience. But it was a brilliant experience. Yeah, it probably um, probably brought the team together like the uh, bonding. Yeah, it was brilliant. It yeah. was especially the Monday night and anyway because you were a great night. The drink was so cheap <laughs> over there, like so, and we all got on well together. So it was a great trip, and we, I think we. I think we drew over there and we were beaten at home, I think. We went out in the way goal or something, so. Yeah. We, we just, stood up well, said like, so. Yeah, you just gave a good account of yourselves. and no, we uh, did, definitely, yeah. To get the European experience, like, there's not many people in Ireland that can that can say they have, like, you know. That was brilliant. I loved European experiences. They were the best times. Um, yeah. Going away with the team, training, going into the big stadiums, the build-up, everything about it was brilliant. I just love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. And of course, then you got your move to Shamrock Rovers. Obviously, you you played well in the on the European stages, and Shamrock Rovers liked the lucky and took took you on board. How how did you find moving from like a different mindset of like UCD probably looking to survive, going cup runs, then to go to shit, the big a big club like Shamrock Rovers? Like, yeah, it was a big change. There was a lot more experienced players in the dressing room, well-known League of Ireland players. Um, Everything was set up like to win, basically. It was completely different, like night and day. You're not saying anything UCD because UCD, I wouldn't be where I got yeah. only for UCD. I have a lot to, I have a lot to all UCD. So, but there was massive different countries. The support-wise as well was massive. Like everywhere you went, people started recognizing your face, taxi drivers and stuff, and the crowds at games and stuff. It was massive, like massive. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've a massive following, and then you're, you're in the limelight then, and. There's all sort of eyes on you then, pressure to perform and stuff like that, looking to win league yeah. titles. Yeah, but you had to win because the fans let you know when you weren't playing well. <laughs> yeah, they weren't they weren't the kind of fans to hold back. Like it doesn't matter where you are, they tell you like so. There was that pressure there, but that's why we played the game. You have to deal with that kind of stuff. So I think yeah. they dealt pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's been well publicised that you picked up a substantial ban for testing positive for cocaine while at Rovers uh, and subsequently got sacked from it. Did you find this to be like the toughest period in your career and maybe even your life, I suppose? Yeah, it was very hard. I only found out it was sacked in the paper <laughs> uh, on a Sunday morning. I, um, I was with uh, up in an apartment and I got the, my phone started hopping and I was what's all this about? And next I went down to the shops and it was spread it over. I think it was the Sunday World because I hadn't. T- I kind of had an inkling there was something going on. Yeah. Without the, with the test and that, I hadn't told my parents. I had told no one. Like. Yeah. And then this came out in the paper, and I eventually had to obviously had to cough up to the parents, tell them what happened. Like. Yeah. Because a reporter was knocking on the door down in my hometown in Clare. Um. Stayed outside the door. I was during my band in. I was at home and the reporter was following me around the town and stuff like that, trying to get news and stuff. But it was a mad, mad experience. Mad, crazy time. Yeah, and and how did you find? Like, did you find a lot of pressure on yourself then? And the and obviously your family, if if they were outside your home looking to get the story, like, must have been serious yeah, pressure. It was pressure. It was letting down the family, putting my name out there, and that. 
that bad light was was the hard thing. Like, because I've never been in trouble before, and I haven't been since. Yeah. Um, it was just letting my parents down, basically, and my friends and just the close family, and yes. that was hard to deal with. Um, and just walking around, you you could see, kind of sense people looking at you and stuff, and there was eyes in you and stuff. But look, I I made a mistake. I dealt with it. I got the punishment, so and I moved on. To yeah, it. yeah, like. Fair play to you, like a, a lesser sort of man would have just shied away from it then and he would have just hid away, like, but, you know, you, you seem to come back stronger from it, so, like, that's testament to your character, I suppose, like, like everyone's human, we make mistakes, uh, it just ha- happened to be in the spotlight and then the pressure was on you then from the from the media, like, so. Exactly, like, it was, um, it was completely different when I went back, like, because everywhere I went, it was following me. It's still following me around to this day. Like, um, yeah. not as much, but back then, it followed me everywhere. Everywhere I went, people were singing songs and saying this and that and the other thing. But look, I held my hands up, made a mistake, and yeah. they can say all they want. Like, it doesn't bother me to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. That doesn't bother you anymore. And uh, no. so you got you got back into the game then with Dublin City. Uh, it seemed to be a brief spell. Was it like was it tough getting back into it then? Like, were you getting a lot of stick from the crowds or opposition players, oh, massive, fans? Massive stick, fans everywhere, everywhere. Everyone gave us, everyone yeah. gave me stick. Like um, players, fans, people in the street that might that, like it was crazy. Everywhere I go, everywhere I went, they used to get it. Like off the fans, the songs, this thing, and this and that. And but look, I'm sure 99.9 percent of the people singing at me. We're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they're doing the same thing, like, and we're probably doing it when they were singing at me. So, listen, it didn't, it didn't bother. I kind of took us the other way. Yeah. I kind of used it as I motivation. Went along with the banter, like, yeah, I went along with the banter, like, and there was a few times, right, I wanted to jump the fence, <laughs> react. Um, yeah. I nearly, do, I nearly done it a few times, but um, I managed to help one myself back. Yeah, yeah. It did. It didn't seem to like. Dublin City sort of didn't really weren't really that successful then. You you sort of moved on to Pats then. Uh, was Johnny McDonald the manager at the time? Johnny Johnny Mac was the manager, yeah. Yeah, and uh, did, you, did you have a good relationship with Johnny Mac? It seemed like he he sort of took a liking to you. Yeah, I got on well with Johnny to be fair. Um he took a chance on me and I was only the Pats massive club, still have a, a big place in my heart St. Pat. Yeah. Um he took a liking to me, and and delighted he did because I love my time there. Yeah, yeah. It seemed it seemed to be you seem to have a a very good squad. Like Johnny built a good good squad there of players. Like he's he's came close a, a couple of times to win the Premier Division, um, just other teams pipped just to it, I suppose. But like like the the fan base there is is very good, and all they all seem to get behind the team. Like I'd say you really enjoyed it, enjoyed your time yeah, at Pat's, like. Brilliant time. The squad of players we had was phenomenal, like absolute phenomenal squad of players. Like Justin Daw, Keith Fahey, Matt Quigley, Jason Gavin, Joe Gamble. Like they were our, um, not Joe Gamble. He didn't sign. He was supposed to sign, but didn't. Uh, Gary Dempsey. Like these players are huge yeah. players. Yeah. Um, and the season then with the mid midterm break, we were cruising in the league. And whatever happened in the midterm break, we came back and draw the pips to the league. Like so, we just didn't perform in the second half of the season. Yeah, some, uh, disappointing, some, but 
Yeah, some of the some of the players you mentioned there, like you can put them down as League of Ireland greats, like some of the some of the best that ever played played in League of Ireland really. Like so the standard the standard of the league back then was was frightening. Like some some of the teams in it was super competitive and there'd be four or five teams like you had Cork, Shells, Pats, Strada, serious serious teams in it. Like uh, I'd say like week in, week out it was was a tough and demanding league to play in, like yeah, it was a brilliant league to be back then. It was great times. The crowds were the crowds were decent. The quality of player on majority of the teams was good. Um, the games were good. It was exciting. Uh, no team romped home by twenty points or twenty five points, eighteen points, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, very, very, very competitive league back then. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And um, yeah, you mentioned to me off off camera that you had lost a family member to suicide. Um. How how did you deal with the grief and loss of a loved one like that? Um, very hard. Hit me very hard. I just signed for Pat, I think. Okay. And Johnny Mac came down to the funeral. Um, um, hit me very hard. I lost my dad through suicide. He um, the last time I seen him, he was driving off in the car. That was the last time I seen him alive. Like so, and then I had to go back to Dublin. I think I, I'm looking back now. I think I went back to Dublin too soon after, um, and then I spent a lot of time in my room in Dublin, just watching movies. I finished training, just go to my room, have dinner, go back to my room, go training. So it it did hit me hard. It did hit me hard. Yeah. Did you did you find you were sort of isolating yourself away from everyone, and you were trying to not deal with the grief? Um, back then. I don't think I don't know what I was doing to be honest. I was kind yeah. of just concentrating on football. I don't think I dealt with it to be honest. Because yeah. I was there, I was here the night we found him. Like so, I seen, I seen everything firsthand. Yeah. And at where I'm sitting now, as I said, you there before we were off air. It happened literally 200 yards from where I'm sitting right now. Like, um, but I don't think I dealt with it at all back then. Um, it it hit me. It I only started dealing with it. I'm still dealing with it to this day. I don't think I'll ever deal with it 100 percent ever. Yeah, yeah. But it's managing. It's me thinking how not letting it get me down and taking it out on others. Yeah. Which I did, which which I did over the years. That's the most important thing. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a tough thing to deal with, and especially like your father, like someone someone you look up to your whole life, and you hold them up as a hero. Like it's tough to lose someone like that. Yeah, it is very hard. I never seen it as I know it, there's there does be signs signs, but um, look there's, there's looking back now, I he'd be hearing bits and bits that he was struggling and stuff, and he was drinking and stuff. Um, but for this for me to see him where the position I saw him when we found him, he was five minutes or literally two yards from his car. We were out searching and stuff, and. We were out in the place we found him, and we left. And I went back home, and I was going, "He's out there. He's definitely out there." Yeah. So we got back in the car, and we went back out, and within five minutes, we didn't found that. And yeah. we had looked in that area, like so. We just didn't look good, and we went back and found him. And I can yeah. close my eyes any day of the week, any time of the day, and I'm back to that spot. Yeah. Which is hard. Yeah, yeah, that can be. That, that'll never leave you. So really sorry no. about that loss you had to suffer from. Yeah. Um, so you you sort you sort of slowly moved across. Then you moved across the country, sort of closer to home. 
um, and you you signed with Galway at the time. Did, were you was that like intentional? Were you moving moving back away from Dublin to get closer to home, or how did you how did the move come about? Yeah. Really, with my wife Deborah. Now we wanted to buy a house and settle down and stuff. So um, I went to the to, I think Richie Sadler was in charge at the time. He was over all that, and I said, "Listen, I'd like to get a move closer to home." Yeah. Um. So I think Gary Rogers came the opposite way, and I went that way, and. Galway is literally only 40 minutes up the road. So I was at home and we got a house and we just started building our life. Yeah. Uh, you, were happy, you were happy to move across and get, get closer to home and start setting yeah. down roots. Like, so. yeah, I, had, I think I had 13 years done in Dublin. Like, I had enough of it, to be honest. I really did have enough of it. Yeah, yeah. I that's, just wanted to be closer <laughs> to home. It's yeah. longer, than, longer than most people's careers, I suppose. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I had yeah. enough of it, so. And how how did you find your time in Galway? Did you enjoy it over there? Yeah, it was good. Nick the Greek was there, sure. Nick Leeson. <laughs> he was over us throwing Sean O'Connor, another I have another character, let's say. Um <laughs> but it was brilliant. Like we trained in Murview, everything was set up for us. Wages wise being paid was a bit difficult because some nights we had to wait for the, the gate receipts to come in, so and you get an envelope after the match. So um, that was difficult because you didn't know if you were getting paid from one way to the other. But um, as I was getting older, I kind of was thinking, do I need this anymore? Yeah. Do I need to my wages and this and that? So it was enjoyable, though. I met a lot of friends there. A lot of good players came through there as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, it seemed like it seemed like you enjoyed it. You're sort of winding down, like coming to the end of your career, and you're sort of looking to enjoy it more instead of just concentrating on game by game. Like it's. You, you know, exactly, like yeah. the older I was getting, that's the, that was my thought process. It was like it's a game of ball at the end of the day, it's yeah. a game of football. Um, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. Like back when I was starting, if I made a mistake, I would think in it for a few days, it was it would annoy me. Like, but as I got older, more experienced, it was kind of like it's a game of ball. I'll get up yeah. in the morning, I'll do my things, whatever I have to do, yeah, and we'll move on to next week, like so. And I think it stood to me. Yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. When you're taking a wee bit of pressure off yourself, like goalkeeping's one of the most pressurized positions on the pitch. Like you can you can make ten saves and then you make the one mistake everyone remembers you for. Like exactly, yeah. Um, and especially when I was in Dublin with the high, with Rovers and Pats, if you make a mistake up there, <laughs> you know about it. Like the fans were on your back. Said, exactly. But as I said, as I get old, as I got older, it was kind of that was it. The mistake was done. I moved yeah. on. Yeah, concentrating on the next one then. Exactly, um, yeah. Were you still, still full-time with Galway or did you have to get yourself a part-time job? Uh, no, there was no full-time when I was there at Galway. So um, I'd, had, I'd get a few nixers here and there, but there was, I wasn't full-time up there at all. No. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you moved on to Limerick then as your final stop. Yeah, down to Limerick. Uh, my brother was there as well at the time. Um, Pascal, was the manager, and again, Pat O'Sullivan pumped a lot of money into the club. We had, yeah. we had a very good squad for the first division, like we did a serious squad. We should have won it the first year, but we didn't, and then we got it the second year. So, my first team medal, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. You you won the first division as your first league trophy. Was that was that the first uh, team trophy you won in your career? First team throw, or I, I think I could have won the Super Cup back in 
God only knows what UCD, but uh, uh, the League of Ireland First Division was the was the only league title I won yet. And was there many celebrations when you just won it, or? Uh, to be honest, going on the the only celebration I had really was going back in the bus in Longford. No. Um, there was nothing really. I we went out the next day. Our ice. We met up and we had a few drinks, but we everything was out of our own pocket. There was That's nothing led on for us. It was you think after winning the league. Getting back, I think it was after 15 years in the first division, they'd be a massive. But there was nothing really. We went out. The next day we met up and that was it, basically. We just had, a, we had a drinks and went home, yeah. Yeah, a bit, of a, damp, of, a bit of a damp squid then after. Yeah, it was, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, you're waiting, you're waiting for the big party like you, you that's see. That's what you think. That's what you hear all this. Oh, yeah, but I didn't experience that. Never, <laughs> never materialised. Oh, never came, never came about. Yeah, um, you f- you finished up then. After that, did you you did you make your own choice to retire, or was it sort of you, you needed to find a new club? What what happened with that? Um, I was I kind of had my mindset on retiring, and I you got did. a phone call from Martin Russell saying, um, "We're not renewing your contract," which I thought was a bit strange. And once I got that phone call, I goes, "That's it, like I'm done." Yeah. I, cu- I couldn't see, um, <clears throat> the money wasn't in it either because I had a family now and a mortgage and this and that and I wasn't getting enough money to kind of sustain and when the season finishes you have to get a job you have to borrow to go back in the door so I, I had enough but, yeah. so I went off got myself a job went down yeah. to the real world and how how did you adjust to that like it's did you did you miss the like the dressing room basically or playing playing ball itself yeah I I, I presume you continued on with Maybe a junior club or something. I signed for Tully United. They helped me get a job. Um, did I miss it? I didn't really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'd enough. I'd nearly twenty years done, so I kind of. You ran its course nearly. Yeah, I ran its course. I was kind of sick of football at that level. I just wanted to go back and start enjoying it again. Yeah. Um, so I came back to the Clare League and I played a few seasons. I played one with Tulla. And I won two Oscar trainers actually with Claire back three years ago. Um, and I was that's I enjoyed my football most to be honest. It was just with the lads and just press no pressure. Yeah, having having the crack and not having, having to the crack. Yeah, exactly, look yeah. look around for wages, hoping they were coming in. <laughs> exactly, my wages was there every week from work, so I was happy out. Yeah, I, I, finally, have you have you stayed involved like? Obviously, with the pandemic, every, everything sort of shut down. But did you sort of stay involved in the game? Were you, are you involved with any coaching? Or Yeah, I do a bit of coaching, one-on-ones and stuff. Um, I was involved in a few development squads a few years ago before the pandemic kicked in. And kind of joined up now with a couple of others as we took over Lifford. They're a team here in Clare. So we're oh. kind of managing them at the minute. But the pandemic, of course, put everything that We just basically took it, taken over and this thing hit, so... We've been trying the first first lockdown. We've been giving them programs and stuff to do, but then their their Sunday league players like they yeah they just yeah. want to, yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see now when we get back at it again. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you, like everyone else, you're sort of itching to get back now. With everything just that's to get going back on, at it, yeah, meet the lads again and just get a bit of crack going and get them playing and just get that buzz back again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, uh, thanks very much. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so re- we oh, really, really appreciate you coming on to uh, chat, and uh, hopefully one or two 
people will look at it and you know draw comparisons about sort of some of the stuff you talked around grief and stuff like that so yeah just talk about it just just reach out don't hold it in because that's what I did yeah. just there's always someone there if, if they want my number take my give them my number like um, there's plenty of people out there to talk to do not hold it in yeah because um, that's exactly what I did and it did affect me like so just speak yeah. out don't be ashamed of it yeah they can they can get you on uh, Twitter as well can they yeah whatever they want if they want I, I'll DM me whatever they want I'll speak to them no problem yeah that's that's very kind and generous of you and uh to help people out like that so fair play and Look, uh, thanks we, very much if we can help no problem if you can help one person two people it doesn't matter look we're all just there's people out there to help yeah we are sort of saying the same with the, the head in the game campaign we are sort of saying if it helps one person we've we've been successful like um, yeah. we're just sort of bridging the gap if we can talk to somebody even just to take a load off their shoulders or if and then we, exactly, we can gu- yeah. guide them on if they need professional help then we we can guide them on we've partnered up with two charities shine and jigsaw so we just sort of felt we needed somewhere that could bridge a gap in between the two so but but like you said um you're available to have a chat and i'm sure there's loads of different league of ireland fans around the country that only love to have a chat with you so thanks very much for that that's no problem at all no problem Thanks very much for your time, Barry. Don't panic. No worries, thanks. Nice talk to you. Cheers, Cheers, Thank you very much.